Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. Glad you're back. Final hour of the Bill Michaels Show as we get underway. Green Bay Packers are efforting towards the postseason. And a game coming up this weekend, never an easy place to play when you have to go into a Detroit and Ford Field, especially with a team with a new head coach, a little bit of a burst of enthusiasm. Uh, they pulled out kind of a, a miracle win, if you will, uh, against uh, the Chicago Bears and Mitch Trubisky and company this past weekend. So they got a little bit of juice going. You know, they got a little bit, little bit of something-something. But the consternation over the Green Bay Packers and what they have or have not done regarding Jordan Love, regarding the picks and such. Um, it, and it has us talking each and every week about what should have been done, could have been done, wasn't done, was done. Uh, joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline, a guy that uh, knows the Green Bay Packers uh, very, very well, has written some things regarding uh, you know the organization. Some people have liked, some people haven't, but it's always been pretty upfront and honest. Uh, Tyler Dunn joining us now. New website uh, that is out if you want to check it out. It's called golongtd.com, golongtd.com. Tyler, how you been? Bill, great to hear your voice, man. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Good to hear. So let's start with uh, the consternation regarding Jordan Jordan Love. And the reason I bring it up is because in the article you say it, this could actually end up being genius. So tell us why. I really do. I mean, I think that this is just something you don't see around the NFL at all. I mean, look look back to 2001. I believe 44 quarterbacks have been drafted in the first round. And, you know, you hear GMs and coaches every April say, oh, we're going to let this guy sit and wait and learn and develop, and, oh, we love Tyrod Taylor, whoever the the placeholder veteran is. And then what happens? That guy plays. 33 of those 44 played by their 10th game, and there's Aaron Rodgers waiting until game number 49. I think the next closest was Phillip Rivers at, like, 33, and then nobody's you know as close to that. And I just think it's genius to try to build these two teams within one because, look, I mean – the worst time to look for a quarterback is when you don't have one, obviously. They've got the team 
to compete. I mean, they were a game away from the Super Bowl. They've got young weapons that they believe in, and they just want to build, you know, a, another layer of weapons beneath what we are seeing on Sunday. Just just because we haven't seen Jordan Love, just because we haven't seen AJ Dillon, you know, doesn't mean they're not any good. And you talk to people who know them best, and Jordan Love's uh, go-to receiver there, at Utah State. I mean, God, I gave him three chances to uh, cool his jets a little bit, and he would he would not back down. He says Jordan Love is Patrick Mahomes 2.0. That's a little lofty, but if he's anywhere remotely close to that, obviously it worked out. You know, anything that Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur do just pales in comparison to to what they do at quarterback. If they nail this, if Jordan Love is the answer, literally nothing else matters. They believe in him. I think they deserve the benefit of the doubt. I uh, I, And and while on one hand I agree with you, because if he pans out, then it's it's a brilliant pick, it's a brilliant move, the whole thing. Uh, On the other hand, I think where the consternation can come into is did you do – you know, if you started that clock ticking, did you do enough to fortify – because you don't know what the future holds. You don't know if he's going to be good or if he's not. So did you do enough in the here and the now to fortify Aaron Rodgers while you have him? You know what I mean? I think that's probably what you you were hearing every day back in, what, 05 through 07, right? I mean, you were probably getting calls at the right. Packers – should trade Aaron Rodgers for Randy Moss. You know, Favre wanted something like that. You know, they, heck, they wanted the Packers to draft Rodney Poole and Marlon Jackson and, you know, a DB after Randy Moss's moon in the fans and that, that playoff right. game before. I mean, that, that was a talented team, and it's so easy to get caught up in the now. I, I get it. But there's some beautiful collateral damage here, too. You know, when the Packers took Jordan Love that night, I, I heard from several ex-teammates, you know, many of which do wish to speak anonymously, probably because they don't want to be called irrelevant by their quarterback, and they'd like to come back to Lambeau Field as a conquering hero. That's beside the point. And they said, look, this is going to motivate Aaron Rodgers more than anybody realizes. I mean, they, they knew what this was going to do to him, and this, this is somebody who's manufactured perceived slights for motivation. We all know about the chip on the shoulder. And now you're drafting his replacement? I mean, you're literally saying we're drafting this guy to replace you. We don't care about the contract situation. Anything that they say at the mic is, is you know, pretty irrelevant. So, yeah, I think I think they, they knew they were going to get this out of Aaron Rodgers. They know how, what makes him tick. So that's – hey, if the worst-case scenario is that Aaron Rodgers is MVP candidate, I think the Packers will take that. Uh, you tell me. Do you think uh, Aaron Rodgers wins the MVP this year? He's right there. I I'm not sure what the voters are, are thinking. You know, it's always a weird timing thing. Uh, but what Patrick Mahomes has been doing, you know, they've only lost once, and it's just so rare. It's so different. I feel like it's going to be a Michael Jordan situation where we're going to look back at Patrick Mahomes' career and be like, my God, why didn't he win MVP every year? And every so often you'll get a Carmelone and, you know, somebody else. But the Charles Barkley, I think it's going to be Mahomes if uh, – you know, the, the truth is told. What he's doing is just unbelievable, but that's no knock on Aaron Rodgers. I and mean, He's been incredible in his own right. I think what's impressive with Green Bay is, you know, they, they can dictate a tempo. They can win different ways offensively. And, and to his credit, he, he's bought in to Matt LaFleur's offense. He's bought into the motion, the misdirection, the getting everybody else involved, running the ball when they need to. And you look at the NFC, who else really scares you out there in the NFC? They, they clobbered the Saints. They're not going to scare Green Bay. Right. 
Right. Um, yeah, I completely agree. I they they beat the Saints, but then again, the Saints have been playing better football as of late. Now, here, here's my question. No doubt. Yeah. No um, doubt. Here, here's my question: Is the defense for the Green Bay Packers now doing enough with the emergence of a guy like Kamal Martin and also Rashawn Gary, and the fact that maybe the defensive front is getting a little bit of help? They're also getting in with Mike Pettin. Um, you know, I mean, do you think that they're getting better? It seems like it. You know. Like Zadarius Smith just does not get the love he deserves beyond the sacks. I mean, gosh, you watch a game and he's just disruptive every series. I think that's what they need, right? They need guys that just like strike a little fear in you. They got that in him. They've got it in Jair Alexander. You know, you're not going to throw his half of the field when he's really on. And and think back to some of these defenses. You know, back when I was covering the team from what, 11 to 15. You know, who scared you on those defenses? I mean, Clay Matthews when he was healthy. They didn't really have a presence that you had to game plan for. They, they've got that now. I think they've got some bite. And, you know, it was, it was really fun talking to, um, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, Jay Sternberger for our, our story, Go Long. And, you know, he, he's breaking down when him and Jadavion Clowney almost just <laughs> had a melee. You know, we almost started throwing punches at each other, and he's not backing down. And I just felt like, you know, it, that's not something to saw very often with this team the last decade. Yeah, I can remember a time against the Cowboys in the playoffs with T.J. Lang when you know he mixed it up with somebody. But they need some of these, you know, for lack of a better term, you gotta have you gotta have some jerks out there. You gotta have some some bite. You gotta have some anger in that kind of moment, in that kind of game, and play that way. I feel like they've got that kind of temperament that they didn't have before. I uh, wanted to ask you about Matt LaFleur. Now, you've seen, obviously, the former and in, in, in Mike McCarthy and the offense that they ran and what they're doing now. And we talked earlier about the MVP chase and the level of talent that, say, Patrick Mahomes is dealing with as opposed to the, the level of talent that Aaron Rodgers is dealing with, but they're getting it done in many different levels and many different different ways by spreading the ball around. Do you think that as much as Aaron Rodgers is having this resurgence, and, and we all know, and I agree with you, he has you know, kind of come back with a vengeance, so to speak, to say, hey, I'm not going anywhere yet and I'm still one of the best. But do you think a lot of this has to do with the head coach and kind of the revival of the offense? No doubt. And, you know, I, I know that fans love to uh, get on Greg Jennings' case, but let's let's not forget what he said as well. Like he said that Aaron Rodgers – you know, he, he can be part of the solution. I mean, he kind of knew Matt LaFleur a little bit himself. He was a fan of his offense. And he really believed, look, if, if the quarterback is willing to buy in and not freelance and not work outside the confines of the play as much as he did, and, hey, maybe Aaron Rodgers is right. Look, look what's going on in Dallas. I mean, that's a mess. I, I think Mike McCarthy's offense just became so stale in so many ways. Maybe it was best for him just to kind of pat the ball and do his own thing. But, um, you know, this is a new offense. It's, it's it's got a lot more, so many more dimensions to it. Uh, a lot of misdirection, getting other people involved, running the ball, setting a tempo. And it seems like he's bought into that, you know, and in talking to David Yost, um, one of Jordan Love's OCs, he had a long conversation with Matt LaFleur about Jordan Love. You know, they were really doing their research on Love. And one thing he said was, you know, what, what LaFleur wanted to know is, can, is this somebody who can really throw with conviction, you know, within the rhythm of an offense and I think you're seeing that more with Aaron Rodgers you know within the offense he's making these plays where it seemed in the past yeah his numbers were about the same but so much of it was reactionary outside the pocket improvising there's still some of that but it's within the rhythm and the flow of what they actually want to do on offense which tells you it is built to last for 
three, four playoff wins in a row if they have to. Um, we're talking with, uh, by the way, we're talking with Tyler Dunn. Got a new website out called, called GoLongTD.com. You tell me, best team in the NFC. Oof, man. I mean, you made a great point on the Saints peaking right now. Even though I said the Packers won't be scared of them, I don't think they'll be scared of them after what they did in New Orleans. I totally agree with you. I mean, the fact that they're kind of surviving right now without Breeze and right. whatever kind of offense they're piecing together with Taysom Hill, there's something to be said. You know, for, for all the talk about Tampa Bay and all these weapons that they added, you know, this dream team, you know what's more important than that? I just The Saints getting to the playoffs, suffering that heartbreak, what, two, three, four years in a row, and to come back again and again and again, I mean, that just builds up a, a callus. That just builds up a toughness that, man, at some point you got to think they're going to bust through. I mean, there, there's a value to that, and they've drafted so incredibly well that, yeah, I, I think it's probably the Saints within the NFC. Tyler, uh, one more thing before we let you go. When you look at the, the end of this season, and regardless of what the Packers do, we all know that there's going to be a clock that's ticking. What do you think the Packers ultimately decide when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love? You know, I, I think it's going to be similar to what we saw before because you know Aaron Rodgers has given them no choice right now. When he's playing at this level, I mean, how do you just turn the page? I, after this season, I, I can't see them doing it. But you never know. When that's gonna, you're going to see decline, you never know when you're going to see that quarterback start to fade. And whenever those lines cross, cross and whenever Jordan Love is showing them behind the scenes that yeah, maybe he brings a little more athleticism, maybe he does have a stronger arm, maybe he is a better fit for the offense, and the physical decline, it's inevitable. We're not seeing it yet in 12, but it is going to happen. I mean, he does move around more than Brady and Breeze. He's going to take more shots. Um, whenever that kind of starts to tilt the other direction, hey, they're not going to be afraid to make the move. I mean, <laughs> you were right there in those summers with Ted Thompson when the fans are literally in his face telling him to sign a petition to bring Brett Favre back, and Ted is just staring them down coldly and just kind of gives them that half smile and puts along. Heck, I mean, Gutekitz was a scout on that staff. He saw all this firsthand. They're not going to be afraid to do it. I don't think they're there yet. Is it a year? Is it two years? I'd be totally guessing. But um, I just love the guts. I love the conviction. And, you know, more GMs and more coaches around the NFL should attempt this, and they really don't. There you go. Always good to talk to you, Tyler. Be good. Next time you got something for us, let us know, and we'll get you back on, okay? Anytime, Bill. God, thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you soon. Tyler Dunn, a publisher of the new website called Go Long. GoLongTD.com. That is GoLongTD.com. Dot com Joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 80-plus years, they've been doing it. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. That's 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. When we come back, going to hear from the head coach, Matt LaFleur. That is next on the Bill Michael Show. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Trip. They bring you this portion of the program. Don't forget, they have the take-home heat and eat meals over there at Quick Trip. Take them home, heat them up, you're good to go. 
Good to go. They uh, they have the pothole pizza. They have the uh, they have the burgers. They also have the uh, the fried chicken. Now, the fried chicken's fantastic. I told you I've had that in comparison to others, and oh man, that's that's the real deal. That's the real deal. Check out our friends at Quick Trip. Also, don't forget when you're there, use your Quick Rewards card as well. 855-830-8648. Again, 855-830-8648. Um, a lot of people over on the Facebook fan page, the question of the day, you can chime in over there. Have you changed your tune a little bit with the Green Bay Packers defensively? And if so, why or why not? So that's the question that continues on. We're going to hear from the head coach, Matt LaFleur, coming up in just a little while. He is still talking to the media. So we'll hear that conversation coming up uh, in, in just a little bit. And also I want to remind you that tomorrow on the program, we'll talk a little bit more about Giannis. Eric Name, uh, our Milwaukee basketball insider, is going to stop by. And uh, we'll, we'll talk some Lions football as well. What threats do the Lions actually pose? We'll talk with Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. And then the voice of the Lions, Dan Miller, is going to be here. And it, also don't forget, tomorrow is a fantasy football Thursday. So Kate Majuka is going to be joining us. Start getting your fantasy football questions in as we head towards the uh, towards the home stretch of the fantasy season. It's been a weird year with COVID and who to sit and not to sit and when you know with team shuffling schedules and such. So you know all that kind of good stuff. In the meantime, we'll hear from Matt Lafleur coming up in a little bit. Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press Gazette, joined us a little bit earlier today, and uh, one of the things you know I talked to him about you know the defense. The same question we've been asking you. We asked him, is this the Achilles heel of this team? The defense, uh, top 15, top 11 in a lot of categories, obviously in two of them against the rush and, and red zone, they're not very good. But beyond that, they've been a really good team defensively. And even in their secondary, they're still one of the best secondaries overall rated by pro football focus. So my question to you is, is this defense getting better? Are we seeing – I'm not going to say an emergence. They're not great. They're not top 10. But is this defense getting better as time goes on? Or are we seeing over the last four out of five games – they're beating up on weaker teams, and therefore, if we believe into the statistics that they're putting up now, we're buying fool's gold. Yeah, um, I don't know that there's a definitive answer to that. I kind of lean a little towards the latter. I mean, they might be getting better. You know, they're. Um, I think they're getting a little healthier. You know, Patton, he's just got. I think he's got to play more real nickel and get those two inside linebackers out there instead of going dime all the time. You know, you give up something against the pass, but. I think the real test will be the Tennessee game will tell us a lot. Um, right. That team can really run the ball, and it's got a pretty decent offense. You know, and the Eagles with that bad offensive line and Wentz is just a mess right now. So, you know, I think there's a possibility they're getting better, and he's starting to maybe figure out some things they can do better. But I really won't be convinced till I see it against, you know, some better offensive teams. And look, you can teams have won Super Bowls with bad defenses. The Colts back when Manning was their quarterback, the Saints when Breeze was their quarterback, they had a bad defense that year. You know, they were in the late 20, the low twenties. You know, I think the stats to look at that I've kind of learned, I think, tell the most are points and defensive passer rating. And I don't even know off the top of my head where the Packers rank in both, but I don't think it's real good. Um, but I think lately. In this little run they've had, the schedule's been really favorable. I think that's the big thing. and I put, So put me in a little more towards the skeptic category. 
Okay, I think we're all skeptical. I think we're all sitting back with our arms folded, kind of looking at this team going, okay, show me something. And I think that's the way a lot of Packers fans are looking at it. It's We want to believe, we want to have hope, we want to think that, uh, you know, because the NFC seems to be so wide open that, yeah, you know what, why not Green Bay? But we're all with our arms folded going, but we know the defense isn't going to take us there, so, okay, show me something. Is that kind of like where you feel we're at? Basically, and look, their offense is really good, and when they've got, you know, Rodgers, Adams, and – Jones on the field, I mean that's a lot of talent right there with those three guys. So they're they're formidable and they can they can control the ball and control the clock and keep the defense off the field. They can get ahead in games and that helps the defense a lot. So you know it can be done and the defense might you know it can improve. I mean you know Savage is starting to make some plays now. That was one of the things that had to happen. Um, I'm kind of curious to see if this Anthony Rush helps their run defense at all. I mean my gosh if you could just if he could just stand there in the middle of the line and not get pushed around, he's 361 right. pounds. I mean, that'll help him, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, there is possibility for improvement because uh, teams do improve late in the season. I mean, that happens in this league, so it, it can happen. But, um, you know, it's just hard to tell right now because the caliber of competition, you know, that the Eagles just weren't, weren't real good. So I, I do think we'll get a better idea, you know, Detroit's got Stafford at quarterback, so you know they're they're not bad. And they scored thirty whatever against a pretty good Bears defense. So even this game maybe will be a little better indication. What do you think of Kamal Martin as he's come on in the middle linebacking role? I like him. I mean, he's um, I, you know if, if you a lot of people didn't get to see camp because there was you know it was closed obviously except right. for the few reporters that were there. You could see it there. There was he'd make two or three plays and run. You know they'd be doing team drills. And two or three times of practice, he'd make a play and you'd go, okay, you know, you don't, you haven't seen much of that around here for the last decade. Um, you know, he's, he's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. I mean, he shot that gap in the, on the first play last week and missed the tackle, but you know, at least he makes plays at and behind the line of scrimmage instead of, you know, two or three years, yards downfield. And then, you know, sometimes those end up being four or five yard gains by the time the guy gets to the ground. So I, I think there's a lot to like there. I think they need to play him more and take their chances. I don't think it can be any worse than how that playing that dime all the time is. And, you know, they don't want Raven Green hurt, but maybe this will force Patton to play Martin Moore, and maybe it'll end up helping him. Uh, also, A.J. Dillon. Now, we uh, know he's on the COVID list. He's been on the COVID list for a long time, and he's still been around the team. Now, granted, they're all wearing masks and such. So where – what is going on with him? Do you know? Because we don't really get a chance to talk to them very. You know, you don't get a chance to see him in the locker rooms, obviously. Yeah. No, I I have no idea because it seems really weird. He's missed five games basically over you know a four week period. That's a lot. I mean, I've seen you know there were some guys on the who missed the Forty ers game. You know, for the Forty ers who missed the Packers game, and some of those guys only came back like a week or so ago. So it's not unheard of for a guy out to, to be out this long but it's it's pretty unusual and yeah i wonder what's going on and you're right information is hard to come by and on the covid stuff especially they just they don't share anything that they that they don't have to so it would have to come from the player and you know nobody in the media has had any access to him um we're talking with pete doherty the green bay press gazette packersnews.com I, I wanted to ask you and i'm going to go to the media side of things and some people may say this is a boring question but i think it's legitimate what do you foresee the future to be in covering teams? 
uh, there is a genuine fear, I think, through the media that it, because right now the teams, the organizations, all control the narrative. Um, so, what do you think is eventually going to happen once we get through this pandemic? And I don't want to say we get to our sense of normalcy, but will it ever be normal again in your eyes? I don't know. It's that's that's my fear and everybody else in my business, and it should be for fans because. You know, I think the quality of the of journalism hasn't been as good this year because of the limited access. I might be naive in thinking this, but I think the league still, you know, it's the league, not the teams, that forced the locker room to be open. The teams would have locker room closed all the time if they if they if it was their call. The league wants the media allowed. They want the publicity. They want to be in the news all the time. They make the the teams open the locker room. So I'm thinking the league will still step in and the rules will return to much more close what they were, to closer to what they were, you know, last year and from the past, you know, forever. I don't know that for a fact. And sometimes these things are used as openings to, to change things. Um, but I, if I had to bet, I would bet things will go back to close to the way they were. And I could be dead wrong. So don't, you know, I might just be, being naive there i don't know mm-hmm. uh also uh i wanted to ask about the offensive side of the football i think right now things are really clicking i know aaron Rodgers' numbers continue to escalate we're seeing things that we haven't seen really since 2011 uh if you had to handicap the mvp race right now what do you think it would look like it is so close right now you know last week i got asked that on an online chat and i said you know, i lean towards Mahomes because he's just so good but their stats are about equal and I don't. It's it's just neck and neck. I saw the Las Vegas odds had you know Mahomes was still a fairly significant better odds than uh, than Rodgers. I would guess him because the Chiefs will, could very easily end up with just you know one or two losses, so they'd have the better record. But it is really really close, and four games is a lot. And you know if Rodgers goes off in a couple of those, I I could easily see him winning winning a. a a third one. If I had a vote right now, I'm glad I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know who I would say right now. I think it's, it's close enough to say that these final four games, you know, they're going to determine it. Um, Matt LaFleur, he's been getting a lot of praise, obviously from his quarterback. He talks about a rhythm. He talks about getting into a flow. Is the offense as much predicated upon his play calling and what he's doing right now, as it is just the execution by Aaron Rodgers and the level at which he's playing? I think so, you know, and it's and Aaron Jones. I don't think you can understate how important he is to that offense. The the not the plays he produces, the big plays, um, the putting him in good second down situations, the seventy seven yard touchdown runs, the threat he presents, the way defenses have to change when he's on the field because they have to take him very seriously as a running threat, and all the play action and the boots. I saw a stat where basically they're doing you know almost. 50% or like 50% more of the of the boots and the play action than they did under McCarthy. That's got to be helping Rodgers quite a bit. It's it's an amalgam of all these things. They know each other better. Rodgers knows the offense better. But the play calling, I, it sure does seem like it's been really good. That that scheme, you know, it's kind of John Elway redux a little bit with uh, with the Broncos in the later 90s. Uh, I like the direction uh, the offense has been going. I know the emergence of Tanyan has been, uh, you know, a breath of fresh air. I look at it, a lot of guys have stepped up. Marquez Valdez-Scantling still has questions. Jay Sternberger 
is he just because for a while you hurt a little bit and Aaron Rodgers seemed to be trying to pump him up and then all of a sudden he just kind of faded away are they I'm not saying phasing him out because that's that's they never will phase anybody out but are, have they just decided he just hasn't been the guy that they thought he would be and therefore they're only sticking with the guys that are going to get him there well I think he keeps getting hurt too right I think he had a yeah. concussion the other concussion night again, early yeah. in the game. yeah yep. so I think that's you know getting hurt is is as big a problem as anything. He tries hard as a blocker, but he's not real strong, so he sometimes gets knocked around. Um, he's he, he runs okay. He runs pretty well. So I, I, there's ability there. I don't think they've given up on him. And, you know, with DeGuara getting hurt early in the year, the door is open for him to to play more, and there's still games left, and, you know, young guys get better. But I think as much as anything, it's that he keeps getting hurt and get, keeps getting yanked off the field because of it. There you go. Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Join us a little bit earlier today and uh, from PackersNews.com as well. You can follow him on Twitter at Pete Doherty if you choose to do so on the uh, Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 80-plus years, they've been doing it. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to SchneiderJobs.com. That's 844-PRIDE or go to SchneiderJobs.com. And this segment sponsored by our friends at Massage Envy on Capital Drive in Brookfield. Introductory offer for a customized facial is just 60 bucks. You buy $110 worth of gift cards, and you get yourself a free hour service. So call them, 262-786-5060. That's 262-786-5060. Hear from the head coach of the Packers coming up next. Wisconsin-wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Let the good times roll And I want these words to make things right But it's the wrongs that make the words come to life But who does he think he is? If that's the worst you got, better put your fingers back to the key One night, one more time Thanks for the memories Welcome back. We are here. We are glad you are with us. Thanks, as always. We appreciate it. Hey, uh, Coach K from Duke has now come forward and talked about the, the questioning of playing basketball the remainder of the season during the COVID-19 pandemic. He said, I'd just like to say for safety, the mental health and physical health of the players and staff to assess where we're at. Now, remember, he ended up uh, taking that 83-68 loss to Illinois. Um, but everybody listens to Mike Krzyzewski. He's one of those guys that when, when he talks, I mean, everybody listens. He said, we're just kind of plowing through this. And, uh, you know, that sports is largely governed by the oversight committee. Anything that's led by committees, uh, is not agile. He said, adding, he's not sure who leads college basketball right now. And NCAA officials said that the organization does not have the response to Krzyzewski's perspective on the current state of college basketball in the pandemic. He said, we don't have any comment. Um, he said because, um, you know, they want to talk with him first, obviously. He said people are saying that next six weeks are going to be the worst. Krzyzewski said to me it's already pretty bad on the other side of it. There are these vaccines that are coming out. By the end of the month, 20 million vaccine shots will have been given. By the end of January or February, another 100 million. Should we not reassess that, he said? Should we just uh, so see just what would be best at that point in time? Um and then he goes on from there to talk about the actual actual game, but talks about whether or not uh, college basketball should continue to be played in the midst of the pandemic as the vaccines are being uh, being given out. 
So we'll see uh, if there's any kind of an additional response. I can't imagine that they're going to all of a sudden, because Mike Krzyzewski said, let's wait and see, that they're going to pause. But, um, you know, Coach K carries a pretty big word. So we'll see if that indeed becomes the uh, becomes a, a loud voice in the wilderness, so to speak, or if it just kind of falls on cautious ears and then they continue to move forward. So we'll wait and see. Uh, 855-830-8648, 855-830-8648. Talking more about this Packers team, we've been asking just everybody today. Tyler Dunn, we asked about it. We asked Pete Doherty about it. You just heard his comments a little while ago. Uh, we hope to have uh, Coach Matt LaFleur. He's been talking to the media for a while now, so we're waiting on that. But uh, nevertheless, um, you know, can this defense support the offense? Can they do just enough to support the offense? And a lot of reaction over on the Facebook Facebook fan page. There's been a ton of comment today over there. And I think a lot of what the the sentimentality has been today has been, I, I think, a very common thing, for lack of a better term. It's been very common. It says, uh, guess until they beat somebody with a highly ranked offense near the top five, you're never going to know other than the Titans – and not sure what the rest of the ranked, but not much of being battle-tested for the playoffs is going to mean. The tackling has been an issue even when McCarthy was the head coach. Not sure if practice dummies are full of feathers or what. Um, This one's from uh, Kathy who says, after watching the Dallas game last night, the Packers' defense doesn't look so bad. Tom says, let's see what they do on an artificial service this weekend, and Stafford, who throws the ball extremely well. See if they slow him down. Well, uh, and Matt says, uh, Matt just chimed in over on Twitter and says, uh, beat Tennessee, and then we're going to talk. Um, again, there's a difference between slowing down and stopping and if you're winning ballgames. You know, the old adage is if you're winning ugly, you're still winning. The W's all matter. It's still a win. So it, do, it doesn't matter how you get from point A, point a to point B. There's always going to be a matchup issue. But when it comes to tackling, when it comes to the fundamentals, I mean, that – you can call that coaching, but, again, tackling is a will to. You know, it's about being in the right place at the right time and then doing what you're supposed to do. And I used Kamal Martin this past weekend as the example because his first opportunity, he overran the play. He was in the right place at the right time, overran the play, missed the tackle. The next time he had the exact same scenario pop up, made the tackle, learned from the mistake. Um, but whether or not you believe it's scheme – dime nickel or just putting the beef in the right place at the right time to get the job done chris says petten and his defenses are still extremely weak they can't stack up against good teams and their offenses that's the reason they will not get rogers another super bowl win so that like i said there's a lot of people sitting there with their arms folded right now going well show me something show me something if you show me something then you know i and i don't know if it's show you a win in the playoffs or two wins or get to a super bowl or win a super bowl i don't know what your level of expectation is but certainly there is a, um, as, I, as I talked about, I think there's a lot of um, there, there, there's a lot of uh, a lot of people saying show me, but it depends on what your level of show me is as to what you believe this defense is capable of doing. So there you have it. Uh, let's do this. We'll step away, take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up next on the Bill Michael Show. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Counts to the left, 
Now, a green and gold update brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veterans Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers made the decision there'll be no fans in the stands here at Lambeau Field for the remainder of the regular season. Although some COVID numbers have improved, CEO Mark Murphy says it's still not safe, so only a few hundred employee family members will be allowed. The Packers are 9-3 and three after beating Philly. The Eagles announced they'll bench Carson Wentz in favor of rookie Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Aaron Rodgers was asked, what did he say to Wentz after Sunday's game? You know, I just, I've been meaning to talk to him for a while, and I'm glad I got the opportunity to say some things because I've always respected his game and been a fan of, of his game, and I think he has a really unique skill set. You know, obviously this hasn't been a, a great year there in Philly. Um, I think there's a lot of factors around him that contribute to that. Rodgers on the McAfee Show. Green Bay headed for Detroit this weekend. The Lions are energized after beating the Bears 34-30 to in Chicago, led by former Badgers quarterback and Packers assistant Daryl Bevel, now Detroit's interim head coach who's turning things around. These players, they just did such a great job. You know, they never measured the game. They continue to play. Um, the effort with, you know, with which they played with, the enthusiasm, playing for one another, uh, believing in themselves was just amazing. Lions head coach Daryl Bevel in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back to the program. Bill Michaels Show continues on. Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, by the way, talking about Giannis on Ryan McDonough's Radio.com podcast, Radio.com NBA show, and talking about Giannis and the Bucks. And we're going to get into this tomorrow as well, and I know our local show, the big show on 1250 AM, they're going to talk a lot about this today. But um, here's what he had to say about the situation in Milwaukee. What stood out to you getting to know Giannis as you did your miniseries? Well, you know, we spent time in the bubble for this particular. I mean, I've talked to him through the years on a number of occasions and and have had a relationship with him since he came over. I remember the first, I think I went to Milwaukee and did the first long print piece on him. He wasn't starting yet. It was his rookie year. I went and spent a couple days with him. Uh, It was really a... Uh, I, I always remember that visit, his innocence, his exuberance. He was so enthusiastic. Everything was new to him. The, the NBA, the, uh, he, he was a kid. And I remember being in his apartment and he was very lonely. His family had not been able to come over yet. He had his younger brothers and his parents. His dad was still alive, Charles at the time. And I remember him giving me a tour of his apartment and it was overlooking uh, the lake in uh, outside Milwaukee. Their practice facility then was out in the, out in the suburbs. And I remember him, he had the beds made in, in a couple bedrooms in his apartment. I mean, his family was not coming for months. It wasn't as if they were like on the way and he had all their beds made and he had rooms prepared for them. And he showed me each one. And, and he was lonely. He, was, he missed his family. You, you, I think in, in, you listen to this pod series and you certainly, and if you, you know, followed him, you know how, how important family is to him. And 
but it was a, a time in his life where he was still trying to figure it out and pretty soon was going to be a starter with the Bucks. And then to see him now and the way he looks back at that time in his life, Ryan, that was, I, I thought Giannis would be very good when we, he, he knew we were working on this. We talked to him at the beginning about the idea and said that if he was willing to sit for it, this was a series I wanted to do. And he said he would. And we were, we were actually, I was supposed to go to Milwaukee and do it with him. I want to say late February. And then it got pushed back for some reason. And then all of a sudden, with COVID in late February, early March, it was like we weren't going to be able to. And then March 11th comes, and obviously everything shut down. So we ended up doing it in the bubble. And just his enthusiasm and his incredible recall. I wanted to interview everybody before, and I interviewed you know, you and other executives who went to scout him, uh, his agent, Alex Saratsis, uh, both his agents, and and uh, Yorgos Pano, who is one of his Greek agents, and any number of people who were involved in that process, Danny Ferry and Wes Wilcox in Atlanta, who had played a big part in that story because Atlanta had essentially shut him down, had him in for a workout, had him in to their facility in their city for a few days, got a physical, which nobody else could get. You were trying to get it in Phoenix. Every other team was trying to get it. And it was the classic NBA shutdown. And ultimately, the problem for Atlanta was Milwaukee was picking at 15. Atlanta, by draft night, had picked 16 and 17. And Atlanta did try to move up, but they weren't successful. Uh, Looking back, they probably would have offered everything they had to get up a couple spots, knowing what they know now. But you don't know in that moment um, whether the teams in front of you are going to take them or not. And it's, you know, there's a lot of draft stories like that where... You know, I'm sure you've got many of them in your time in Boston or Phoenix where somebody grabbed the guy in front of you or you weren't sure if they were or not. And so it's part of the lore. It's part of the lore, excuse me. And There you go. That was Wojo Wojnarski with Ryan McDonough on Radio.com. A lot of interesting stuff about Giannis, the Bucks, how they got him, what was going on. And he talks more about it. I know our afternoon show, Milwaukee, is going to have more on this. We're going to talk about it more tomorrow as well. Time for us to go. Have a go. See you. Sports Talk Network. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. 
Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.